LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, Josh King, and Micah Fries. We're glad you're here. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of EST, the podcast for the established church. My name is Josh King, and uh, Mike and Sam are both on the line. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm good, man. I'm uh, looking outside, and we have been in the uh, 30-year flood, it feels like, in Chattanooga over the last five months, four or five months, and it is sunny and Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful outside. It's a little little chilly, but it looks good. What about you, Sam? Is the weather typically beautiful? You know... Strangely, I feel about the same as I did on the last podcast, the last episode, and the weather is almost identical. Shocking. Well, it we really didn't talk about stunning. the weather last last episode, which we recorded less than a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that's maybe that's why nothing's changed. <laughs> also, you live in Florida, so it rarely changes. So it's always kind of beautiful there. We are also in just gorgeous, gorgeous weather, about 60s. Um, Big, bright blue skies, huge clouds, all that sort of stuff. So, loving it. It's helped with the. Um, it's helped with my um, sort of depression or fighting off depression. About a couple of, I would say, a month, two months ago, I really started to um, tiptoe toward depression, feeling it, feeling it come on, getting kind of sad about things, and just a general sense of sadness. But I do think the weather picking up has helped quite a bit. So do you have that seasonal affective disorder? You know, uh, this is the first time I've been outside of Texas seasonally, so um, I don't know if maybe I I doubt it. Um, I didn't get this way in uh, Texas a whole lot. It's just that this was unusually long, constant, cold rain um, for our region. Everybody was telling me that it doesn't rain this much. Um, but when we came up to scout out the area, it was raining. In view of call, it was raining. When we moved, it was raining. It's just constantly raining here. But that has shifted. Um, you know, it's good. So, but, uh, my administrative assistant and I were chatting about this and we decided that cause some, there were some folks that had said some negative stuff, some sort of critical things. And, um, she was saying they're not normally that way. And so we kind of laughed it off saying everybody's cranky because of the rain. Like we just felt like there's a lot of people, including us that are just kind of cranky because of the rain. Um, and that really kind of brings up today's topic, cranky or negative personalities, negative personalities. How do you deal with them? This was a request that was emailed into me. This is one of the anonymous ones, so we're not going to be able to share the name of this one. But how do you deal with people who are critical, negative, maybe even, you know, in the first couple of weeks, months of your pastorate um, in an area? How do you deal with that? Do you have negative people in your church today? No, none. <laughs> Zero. It is, Sam's a liar. It is, it is a miracle of God. <laughs> Sam's a liar. Hey, Sam, your pants are burning. Yeah, yeah, Nose yeah. They might be a little on fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so I've pastored churches that have a more negative tone, certainly. Yeah, Thankfully, this whole episode is only about churches we previously pastored, not the yeah. <laughs> Of course, of course. Uh, you know, and let's um, let's differentiate between people who offer criticism and critical people. 
Absolutely. Because there's a distinction between the two, a significant distinction between the two. I'm talking about like Eeyore, just negative, always saying something. Yeah, so we're not talking about someone giving constructive feedback. We're talking about someone who has as just their aura. They're just they're just negative. Um, yeah, I mean, I would, you know, I would say that there are some personality types like that, and I've, I've pastored them. Um, thankfully, my church as a whole now is generally more positive, generally more supportive, generally more encouraging. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. So yes, if you're listening from West Brain to know, I don't lead a negative church. Have, have we had people who complain during certain seasons about certain things, uh, maybe even get out of line a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that, that happens. I mean, that's just people. Um, but I guess the point of this episode is to talk about that that person or group of people that always seem to be negative and complaining about everything. Yeah, totally. It's just a group of people that just can't seem to find anything nice to say. Um, like I said, this was a request and I talked to uh, a pastor about how do you deal with those sort of folks. And one of them, in one of the, the anecdotal sort of stories that we had as I was pastoring for a little while down, down in Texas and Everything was going really well, like very well. But this one person, this one individual was just constantly negative. And um, I set up a meeting in my office with him and he came in and I said, hey, you seem to be like, do you like the way that things are going on? And, you know, know, we talked about finances and growth and just general health. And he said, yes. And I said, well, you, you never, you're always rude, like negative. All I ever hear you say are negative things. And so... I said to this guy, I said, here's how we're going to do this. And this is really kind of the point of the top of the show is how do you deal with them? I'm not saying this is the way you do this, but I told this guy, until you say nice things, I don't want to hear anything you say at all, period. I'm not going to talk to you in the hall. I'm not going to listen to you at church business meetings, period. You're not allowed to talk until you say something that is kind, nice. So people become known as a nice person. And I, I, I will testify he became one of the most encouraging people I've ever seen. Just constantly, he just turned that big mouth into something positive. He turned that frown upside down. He did. And he became, because <laughs> he liked to talk, it was just think positively, like try to say it in a positive way. And he really did, to his credit. He really became that way. But how do you guys, are there any approaches you have? Well, let's first start with it. This is how I started in the email. Let's first start with the pastor's heart when yeah. dealing with these negative. How do you deal with that? Because that's hard. So- let me let me so if I can speak to this, this is um, yeah, this is something I've been thinking a lot about lately, and um, I, so I struggle with criticism, which is makes me probably like almost everybody else out there. But it um, affirmation, you can affirm me, and I'll thank you, and then I'll move on, and I'll think, man, they don't really know me. And you show me some criticism, and I'll think, oh my gosh, and I will lose sleep over it at night, and and. Um, one of the things that I've grappled with, you know, I had a friend uh, for uh, another pastor, pastored a large church probably 15 years ago. He said, Micah, the only difference between a larger church and a smaller church is the number of the problems and the volume with which they come. And I laughed him off and I was like, ah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's pastoring a big church. That's just him trying to sort of, you know, um, be self-deprecating. But then I got to a larger church and found out, gosh, he's right. Like it, it just the number of complaints and criticisms and the volume, it's constant. And so, um, for me, there one of the things that I think has been really helpful is trying to see whether or not criticism has any factual basis, even if it's coming from someone who I think is just a critical person or someone who I think has it has it out for me. I dealt with a, a situation recently where um, there was a lot of criticism 
and some of the criticism had value or was valid at least, but I just wanted to sort of dismiss it because of where it was coming from and who it was coming from. And I think that's what bad leadership looks like, right? Bad leadership sort of says, well, you know, I'm just, I, I'm not, I'm not a fan of you or I, you know, or whatever else the case might be. I don't think there's any reason to listen to what you say. And then we just sort of dismiss what they have to say out of, out of hand. I think when you think about the pastor's heart, you have to start with, is there any valid criticism, regardless of who's given it, regardless of where it's coming from, any validity in what they're saying? And then I, I do think a big part of it has to be, if I can be overtly theological, I was really practical in the last uh, episode. So if I can be overtly theological, Good. I think it's grounding your hope in the gospel and your confidence in Christ. And if I can be both practical and theological at the same time, I think a lot of every person in our church is broken, including ourselves. And we all try to self-medicate and the people in our pews self-medicate with food or porn or, or um, you know, or alcohol or whatever the case might be, or TV or pleasure. And pastors, frankly, we often self-medicate with ministry. We get our value from it. Our identity is drawn from it. And therefore, criticism to us is not just difficult. It literally strikes at our identity and our purpose in life. Like yeah. if that criticism is true, we have no value. And so if our hope and if our confidence and our identity is not rooted in Jesus, is not rooted in the gospel, we're not, if we're drawing our identity and our hope from our job we do, then we are going to be destroyed every time criticism comes. So one, evaluate the criticism. Is there anything valid in it? Two, is our hope and our confidence grounded in Jesus and grounded in the gospel? Otherwise, we're going to constantly chase our tail feeling increasingly depressed and miserable. I've got another um, approach that helps me deal with this is predicting it. I, you know, when you're making a decision, sometimes we get wrapped up in oh, what's the best decision. Here's what we're going to do. And we get so excited. And so we make this plan and do it. One of the things that I have done is spend a little bit of time. You don't want to do this too much. And you surely don't want to do this if you're gun shy is just kind of say, okay, here's where the complaints are going to come from. And looking at the decision that you're making and the plan that you're executing and just knowing here's what if somebody complains, they're going to complain about ABC. And um, and so what is my answer to that? Kind of it's it's critical thinking of your plan. And if you go through that and you go, oh, well, I mean, it helps you to think on the other side, but it also prepares you for when they do complain. And that's something that I have um, started to do because then when it comes, then you just kind of feel like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. And it stings a little bit less when you expect it. And then um, you've also got prepared answers. Another thing that we do is just coach our um, coach our team, our leadership team that might. Now, you're going to hear this. If you hear this, here's the response. Here's why we thought that way. And, and you say it. And that helps everybody be prepared. It minimizes the damage that happens from critical people. Sam, do you have any heart check things that help you deal with criti criticism? Yeah, I'm not as sensitive, maybe, as, as most um, so I, you know, it doesn't bother me as much, mm -hmm. um, although I would be lying if I said it doesn't bother me at all. Um, you know, criticism hurts. It always hurts. You know, if, if I'm doing, if I'm, if I'm leading well, if I'm shepherding well, um, every, you know, every time somebody criticizes me, it's an opportunity to do two things, to demonstrate humility and to pray more. Um, so... You know, if someone is is throwing barbs and doing so intentionally to hurt me, um, then then I can demonstrate Christ's love by being humble in that moment instead of defensive, and then I can pray for that person. Um, you know, so be, to be Micah, you were theological. Let me be spiritual. 
um, this this may be God giving you a spiritual exercise. Maybe maybe this criticism is completely unwarranted, but God is allowing it so that you will you will pray and that you will be humble. Um, now I don't know the mind of God. I can't speak to every time somebody criticizes every pastor, but mm-hmm. I, I bet that there's a lot of that going on. Um, and instead, what a lot of us do, myself included, the, the natural inclination is to be defensive and to try to explain away all of the reasons why this person is wrong. Because, of course, they're wrong, right? I mean, in any criticism, right. you know, that's your immediate visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. This person is wrong, and let me tell you why. Well, what if the point isn't to share with them why they're wrong? Maybe the point is that you will show humility and pray more. And maybe that is the proper response instead of being defensive. Mm -hmm. I think a big part of it is just you've got to hear this a couple of times. My suggestion is that you do find yourself with some people that you can. I don't know. You guys are both being spiritual. Let me be, I don't know, uh, human. Let me be just not (laughs) spiritual about it. I find it helpful to have some people that you can just vent. Um, I don't know if venting is a spiritual discipline, but just saying this is frustrating to me. Here's what I was trying to do. Here's um, that is encouraging. I think sometimes that's what um, this podcast really does to people is let them realize that other people are experiencing that as well, that you are, that we're all dealing with that sort of negativity or um, frustrations or challenges. And so sometimes just telling people, Hey, Here's what happened. Something happened to me the other day online um, that kind of got goofy, but it was a little painful or it was a little hurtful in the way. And then just kind of uh, messaged Sam and Mike about it. And the response back was people are stupid. And that felt better because it they were acting stupid. They were acting kind of mean towards me. And so um, this had nothing to do with churches, with other preachers, which tend to be the meanest. So um, I think that that is something that should be encouraging to you. The other deal is, and this is just the reality, that's part of the job. It's just part of it. People are, they're going to complain about what you do. And that's leadership in general, but particularly in a setting where people feel like they all have an equal say, that's going to be part of it. And you've got to, you've got to know that, that all of us are dealing with sort of that negative personality. So don't let it get to you, man. Don't let it bother you. Be encouraged. But, um, yeah, so those are the things. Don't let it get to you too bad and be encouraged. I do want to go ahead and uh, throw a bit in here about um, what were we talking about? Ministry good. Ministry good. Lost the word there for a second. We know that training your volunteers and leaders is important, but do you ever feel like you don't know where to start? That's where Lifeway Leadership developed Ministry Grid. With Ministry Grid's library of over 3,000 training videos, the work has been done for you, and you'll be able to train anyone or everyone in your church. And in a training that you can trust, each Ministry Grid video features an experienced ministry leader who has been where you are. Man, I'm running out of breath halfway. Can you tell? It's horrible. (laughs) You can also customize uh, your training by adding PDFs, YouTube videos, and more. And now Ministry Grid has one plan and one price that gives you an unlimited access to train your entire church. Just go to ministrygrid.com to learn more. Once again, that is ministrygrid.com. So negative people are in the church. That's what we've been talking about, kind of dealing with your heart when you face those. But what do you actually do? And I think that's where people need. What do you do when there's somebody that's negative? And I'll say it from a perspective of somebody that's really um, affected by this. Sam, you share from the perspective of, you know, it just kind of rolls off your back. But do you have any practical steps um, 
once you hear it? Yeah, listen. Just listen and then wait 24 hours. That'll mm. solve you know most of your problems and most of your issues and it'll keep you from saying something really dumb. Um so whenever I receive a criticism, you know, I just listen. I just kind of smile and nod and hey, thanks for the feedback. You know, I I really I'm hearing you. Let me let me consider this. Even Man. if the completely is, even if the person is completely off base, I mean, just just responding in that way, just okay, you know, you're just kind of nodding and all right, and, hey, um, thanks for that. Um, can, can just give me give me some time and let me let me think about this. I think that's great, but most of the criticism I hear doesn't come directly to me. I'm hearing it via some sort of other channel. Oh well, you know, if if it's anonymous, mm-hmm. I don't even give it the time of day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm always. You know, I want to track the tone of the church, but usually, it, you know, you know, if it's an anonymous note in the offering plate, it goes right in the garbage. No, nah, let's just say it's somebody comes up and says, hey, uh, Deacon so-and-so was, you know, railing against this during small group yesterday. Oh, well, you know, then you in, in those cases, you want to look for patterns. Mm-hmm. So if so-and-so was saying this and it and it's completely unrelated to anything else in the church, just dismiss it. I mean, again, smile, nod, hey, thank you for giving, I'm, I'm hearing you, thank, thank you for that feedback, that's good to know. And just leave it at that. Now, if you have six or seven people come up to you in a week and all say the same thing, mm-hmm. well, then you might have a problem on your hands. So the first thing to ask is, is this a pattern in the church? Is this something that I'm hearing from everybody? If it's something you're hearing from everyone, then yeah, that may be a big issue. But if it's a random one-off thing that's just this, you know, snippy, snarky, you know, mean thing that somebody said, I, yeah, I just, and it's not even coming to you directly, it's somebody else saying it on behalf of someone else, I just totally dismiss it. I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even give it the time of day. Again, I bet I would be polite, I'd be very polite and just say, hey, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's, there's no reason to, to give that credence. Michael, what about you? Do you have any Yeah, strategies? no, I mean, I think Sam's right that. If it's a one-off anonymous or, you know, so-and-so comment, then unless it's really egregious, then, then you know, you're, you got to let a lot of those things go. If you hear multiple things, then, I mean, pastors can often be conflict. They can be conflict avoiders or they can be sort of conflict hungry. And, and we don't want to be either of those things, right? We don't want to be itching for a fight. But we also don't want to sort of just avoid it because we really don't want to deal with it. I think one of the things we've got to do is set up meetings. When you know, if you have a church that's got a culture of sort of um, talking about stuff in a way that's not going to be helpful, or um, you know, not talking to people, uh, which I've had to deal with a little bit of that, and, and, and you know, as I've served, one of the best things you can do is just call people and say, "Hey, I'd love to set up a meeting with you. Let's talk through it." And mm-hmm. I think just a face-to-face meeting cuts down on so much of that if you can actually get people in a room to start having those sort of things. I'm kind of, I'm not, I, I agree with what Sam is saying with the wait a little bit and talk about it. I think this is personality, maybe differences, but I'm always a go straight at it sort of thing. And of course, if it's just yan yan about, you know, some little shift that the church has made, they're not mad at you. They're not causing any sort of real issues. They're just uh, running them out. That's yeah, I'm not real worried about that. But with key leaders or any leader, really, um, I like to go just straight at it. Um, I don't typically set up the meeting. What I'll do is just pull the person aside and say, hey, um, and it's not to be upset at all, not to be mean. And that's the thing where Sam's encouragement there is to be very, don't be upset. It keeps you from saying bad things. I'm not upset. But what I'm doing is pulling somebody aside and say, hey, 
um, I saw your post or I read the email or, um, you know, so-and-so, and I'll say the name, told me this. I just want to check and make sure, are you good? Or how's your heart? How do you feel? Um, are you upset about something? And, you know, I did this the other day and the person I pulled aside immediately said, nah, I was just, I was just cranky. It's, it's not a big deal. And, you know, yeah, I came off a little bit that way. And, and another email went out later that was very positive and upbeat. You could tell that that message kind of got across. There are times where I will sit somebody down, like I, I said earlier, and say, um, I just want to hear what you're saying, kind of like what Micah says there. Make a culture of let's go directly to the problem, not um, or directly to somebody that can fix it. But then I also will always have a time of saying, hey, let me just let you in on the other side of this. When you tell two, three people, would you mind going back and talking to all them and making sure that they, and a lot of times I'm just pointing out it spreads, you, you know, negativity spreads really fast and really hard. I'm always very careful to show why just running off the mouth in the middle of the lobby after church can be detrimental. And it's not something that we want to keep doing. So it would help out a ton, but this is always done in a very grace driven, positive, encouraging we are on the same team sort of approach that maybe you didn't know that this was something that was going on. I will be completely honest. I think usually they do know, but um, I think it's helpful to just go straight at the problem, pull those weeds early and they won't take over the yard. That's kind of my philosophy. So, on that. so what's the strangest criticism you've ever gotten? Oh man. Um, they're all the same. Uh, the general ones, I get a lot of criticism because people try to pigeonhole me into some sort of box because I'm a millennial. And so obviously I'm, um, skinny jeans wearing, not preaching well, those sort of things. Don't believe in evangelism. Um, those kind of crazy things are always very odd to me, um, that I don't believe in evangelism, um, which is, I don't even know where that comes from, but I get that sometimes. So, um, I guess that would be the more stranger one. I'll think a little bit more about it. What have, have you I ever, gotten? Have I ever told you the story of the poinsettias? Have I ever shared the, that on this the show? Poinsettias. Um, I feel like maybe you've told that story, I but I don't remember for sure what it is. Do it, Sam. Okay. Well, this is for all of our new listeners. If you've been listening for the entirety of 126 episodes now. And <laughs> so we we all and, and this is what you can do, uh, listeners. Go on Twitter and um, not don't rant, but it'd be kind of cool to hear some crazy uh, some mm -hmm. crazy criticisms that you've received. Uh, so um, I uh, there was a, I was this was a previous church, not my current church, and um, apparently we, we had it was Christmas time, so we had the poinsettias up on the stage, and you know it was the old like you know you can give a poinsettia in honor of somebody you know i think a lot of churches probably do that and we did the same thing and you know it was fine the the flowers were are they flowers or are they plants i have um, no idea i don't need, i, I don't do know either. the proper way to say it is poinsettia but go ahead i say poinsettia so anyway <laughs> um I, and i don't i don't care so um yeah, because I, I, I let criticism roll um so anyway we had we had all these flowers on the stage and um, and, and I learned through our um, our custodian, like, hey, so-and-so's got, like, this allergy to these things, and it's serious. Like, they could die if they come in contact. And I was huh. just like, oh, wow. That sounds really bad. So, he was like, hey, for their sake, can I move them to, to wherever it was? I forget where in the church it was. And, uh, you know, th I'm, I'm, this is a while ago. This is over 10 years ago. So, it was just like, I'm a young pastor. I'm like, sure. I mean, yeah, just take them off stage, move them wherever you need to move them. Absolutely. Um, well, it got around that 
I moved the poinsettias. Mm. And was breaking with the tradition. <laughs> Sam Rainer. Oh and, my gosh, how dare and, you! And it, it, and it became it became a very serious deal. And so someone wrote some hate mail on the back of an offering envelope, which is the best kind, right? You know, because that's what's available in the pews is those offering envelopes. And when people write anonymous notes on the back of an offering envelope, there is nothing more ironic. That may be the most ironic thing in the history of the world um, to write to write criticism on the back of an offering envelope. Um, so I, I got this, I get this, uh, I got this note, anonymous note in the offering plate and it said something like bring back the poinsettias mm-hmm. or else. I, I, I think that's, I think that's <laughs> how it went. I don't remember exactly. I've still got the, I've still got the offering envelope. Um, so I need to go, I need to you go find, find it. it. But, that's so um, but yeah, I mean, and those are the things that, you know, as a pastor now, I look back on that and man, I can laugh and it's just like hilarious to me in the moment. It was hard. It was just like, I thought I was saving somebody's life and mm-hmm. now I'm breaking the traditions of the church. Or else, dude. Or else. Or else. And I always wondered like, what is the or else? What is it? Micah, what have you been criticized on? Uh, so, I, I can't remember if I've shared this story on here or not before, but one of my, uh, I mean, I, the criticisms are legion. I mean, also, I, yeah. There's always criticism. Good choice of words, by the way. Legion. Legion. (laughs) I don't know that I have three days go by that I don't have some sort of criticism about something. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'll tell you one of the most um, most startling. I was. It was at a previous church where I was pastoring. It was during the middle of the worship service. I was sitting on. I was standing on the. I was on the front row, the very front row. Had my eyes closed and both hands lifted up in worship, like both mm-hmm. hands in the air in worship. And I felt this punch in my side and I, or a slap on my side or something. And I, I mean, it startled me. I opened my eyes and I looked down and it was one, it was a gentleman who got up in my ear and said, the, the music's way too loud. Get back there and turn it down right now. Oh, and, uh, and I'm like, I'm in the middle of worship. Like we're singing a song right now. My hands are in the air. My eyes were closed. Mm. I said, no, it's fine. We're going to, you know, and we used, and we do here at our church now, we use, uh, we keep a, um, we keep a um, decibel decibel reader in the back and we manage the music, you know, using a decibel reader and, and, uh, but yeah, that's probably the most aggressive manner in which someone ever confronted me was in the middle of worship, eyes closed, hands up and a punch in the side. Wow. Yeah, mine are usually passive. Um, just little things about. Uh, to be clear, the ninety nine point nine percent of mine are passive aggressive. Yeah, I don't know how I would handle a physical altercation in the middle of worship service. Somebody attacking me, but yeah. So I think the bottom line is everybody has criticism. Um, how you approach it is something you need to work on. But I do think all three of us would agree you do need to deal with it. Don't let the thing just fester. Don't let people just keep going and. I have never seen a situation in which most of the church didn't already know that that one person is is just negative. They're they're divisive. They're they're sort of a person that's not somebody that you um, necessarily need to put a lot of stock in what they say because they just tend to be the now. Titus is very clear on dealing with divisive people, so you want to kind of approach it with grace but strength. One, two warnings, and then. You know, don't have and that's, do and that's a good distinction. Um, you know, is this dividing the church? Is this something that is bringing dissension in the church? Is this causing people to stop growing spiritually? Or is this person just being negative once again? And, and you're right. A lot of people know that that person has that issue. 
and they'll just roll their eyes. And but the thing is, is if you bite back, a lot of their friends will will jump in with them. Um, so you you sometimes you know bring it upon yourself when you when you kind of fight back. Mm-hmm. If you answer in grace, you know a lot of the, a lot of the people around them will go. Uh, family members and friends will be like, "Yeah, they're kind of negative." Hey, preacher, thanks for thanks for handling it the way you did. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, you're never going to get an "I'm sorry" for some from somebody. You're, you're not. You know, good luck getting an apology from somebody in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a church member to a pastor, it just doesn't happen that much. Um, but but if if you calmly handle things, a lot of times the people that love that person, the people around them will really appreciate you for that, even if they don't say it a whole lot. Um, but if you really push hard, sometimes you create more of a of a battle with, you know, kind of their their network of people in the mm-hmm. church. I think the thing to focus on is not so much what they're complaining about, but that they're complaining like or that the way that they're doing it or so that's what I'm always dealing with. I don't I don't really you know, if you're complaining about moving the poinsettias or whatever, I don't care. We'll put them back or that person can sit on that other side. I don't we'll figure that out. But the reality is you're not allowed to threaten me. You're not allowed to threaten a staff person. Um, I'm a big believer in you teach people how to talk to you. So do not I don't. I don't allow for situations where somebody is going to berate me or berate a staff person or or treat us meanly or, you know, those sort of things. I, it's just you're not allowed to do that. And so I'll always go and I have seen those situations where um, the friends and, and they all know that that person's negative. I do think that if you go, if you attack the topic, if you go to fighting over that topic, like we are keeping those flowers there, we are not moving, you know, that's where the friends jump in. But if you go to them and say, look, hey, um, this was this is divisive or this can get divisive. You're not allowed to do that. That's not a cool thing to do. So let's not do that anymore. If you have a problem, let's just talk about it. Let's work it out or, you know, work it out with them. But we're not going to do that any longer. That I've never seen the friends jump in on that one because they understand. Yeah, that person is negative that way and they need to stop because it's rude. So I think that there's just so the lesson. The lesson for the podcast today is. Don't move the poinsettias. Or poinsettias. <laughs> don't don't poinsettias. move the whatever it is that Josh calls them. The poin. Look, when poin- I was a kid, um, yeah. on the country music, on the country music radio station, it was the the quiz of the day, and my mom got it right. She called in, got it right, and it's forever sealed in my head that that is how you say that word, poinsettia. Um, there were all these callers calling in saying poinsettia, and the you know sarcastic radio DJs were not letting them win because that wasn't the correct way to say that word. So, um, yeah, you know, live and learn. So before we let you go, let me see who's our friend that we're going to talk about today. Oh, making disciples podcast with Robbie Gallaty. Um, good. It's a good dude. He's a good dude. And it's a great podcast. Also part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. He has big muscles and good hair. (laughs) So Robbie and I are exactly the same height, as is our worship pastor at Brainerd. Believe it or not, we're all the exact Mm. same height. But Robbie dwarfs me. Um, He could crush my head with his biceps. He dwarfs everybody. Yeah, that's the truth. So uh, some of the topics on their show are, can you have fun in ministry? Yes. Um, how gaming connects with discipleship. Uh, that sounds interesting. And discipleship hmm. lessons from Israel. Those are all really interesting podcasts. So check that out. You can search Making Disciples on your favorite podcasting apps such as iTunes or Google Play. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week. 
You've been listening to EST, a discussion for the established church. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. Thanks for listening. EST is proud to be a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network.